0: Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here, so let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Episode 75 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Michelle Singletary. Michelle is from Augusta, Georgia, actually, for all of you locals. She lives in Evans, Georgia but we tell people Augusta. I actually live in the middle of Augusta, but Michelle is a suburb girl. (laughs) (laughs) and Michelle is a nurse in an outpatient surgery center and works in the recovery room. And I actually have to say, I know Michelle. I didn't know her before she started intermittent fasting, but we have met in person many, many times now because I have a intermittent fasting coffee group where we meet up on most Saturdays and Michelle always comes. She's also a moderator in Facebook group. So welcome, Michelle. Oh, thank you. Yes, I I
1: do all of that and love every minute of it.
0: Yeah, you're a, a true believer. And I think that when someone is in the medical profession, and then they really have their eyes open to the science of intermittent fasting, you're like, all right, I'm all in.
1: Yeah, it has been mind blowing from day one for me. And then the other thing that substantiates my thought process there is all my medical friends that I've sort of brought along with me. And then they're continuing to bring other people along with them into it. So that helps me, you know, just keep plugging along at what I see as important
0: knowledge. Absolutely. So, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that?
1: Okay. So, you know, um, like you said, I'm a nurse, been a nurse for, I guess, about 30 years now and worked lots of shifts. I have four kids who are all adults. The youngest is in college, but he's 19. So they're all technically adults. Started gaining weight before started having kids. And with each one, I'd, you know, lose a little, kind of maintain a little and then get pregnant again and go through that until I found myself back in April of 2018 at the heaviest. And though I'd been searching for a kind of a process of why I couldn't figure out, you know, what what wouldn't work my whole life, I really wasn't searching when I found delay don't deny and intermittent fasting. That year 2018, my last two kids both graduated from high school, were starting college. I was in the process of looking for a different job, and all of that combined with being the heaviest weight, my hemoglobin a1c had started to rise. And so I was weighing in at about 260 pounds. And then so everything that kind of comes along with that for my height, I just, you know, wasn't feeling great.
0: Yeah. I mean, it just, it's hard when you, especially, you know, being in the healthcare field and feeling like, I mean, it's easy. It's just eat less, move more. And of course, everyone who's listened to this podcast knows that that's not it. (laughs) It's not as easy as eat less, move more. But in the healthcare field, I'm sure that's what, you had always been taught. It's probably what you would have told everybody. And it's oh, yeah. really, really hard to live that and to make that happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and when I say I wasn't feeling good, like other people in my life didn't, you didn't notice that I didn't feel good. It wasn't that. It wasn't that I was sick. You know, I wasn't missing work because I felt bad or whatever. I just know that I was like, this, this is not how you're supposed to feel. You know, I just didn't feel good. And so then, you know, my hemoglobin A1C had started to rise and I had been referred for diabetic teaching. So nurses are terrible patients. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to that.
0: So yeah, I bet that was a real wake up call right there when they're like, you need to go to diabetic counseling
1: and you're like, but I'm a nurse. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, okay, whatever. Well, I didn't say anything to my husband about it. They ended up mailing something to my house and I'm like, oh snap, I've been found out. So I quickly tore it up, threw it in the trash and thought, I'm not doing that. My insurance wouldn't pay for it. I already know what they're going to say because I had the knowledge myself as a nurse, but also I've been, I am a lifetime Weight Watchers member. I've gained and lost the 40, 50 pounds numerous times. Okay. And then back in the day, Weight Watchers really followed sort of a diabetic diet. There, there wasn't all the points and everything that you have now. It was
0: more just kind of basic food and exchanging. I remember that. I remember my mother yeah. doing it back in, gosh, I guess this was the 80s, because I think I came home yep. from college and she had a little notebook and it was like, you know, one bread and one this. Is that kind of how it was? Yes,
1: that is exactly how it was. It was an exchange program. And, and I remember, you know, in the past thinking, okay, well, I just know what that is. And to not be a diabetic, I just need to go back to Weight Watchers because that is the diabetic diet. And that's what I need to be doing. But then, you know, Weight Watchers changed up and then it's all the exchanges. And then, you you know, you can have 10 points and just eat pie, you know, eat pie
0: all day. If right. you want, just use your points out or whatever. That, you know, that wasn't sustainable for me either. See, I never, I never did Weight Watchers, which is shocking because with my diet history, I can't believe I never did Weight Watchers. Like honestly, I know that if I had been trying to do something that was zero points, yeah, man, oh, yeah. I would have like eaten all the zero points things like nonstop. <laughs> I would have been like, I had zero points and I'm gaining weight. How is this? Possible?
1: This one thing that I can't <laughs> eat now, I, I just I, because I ate it so much because I felt like I could get the most bang for my buck in the points was this vanilla yogurt that you would cut up a Granny Smith apple in and you would mix all that up. And I just remember having this giant bowl of it and just feeling like I could just eat and get full and just have as much as I wanted. But, you know, looking back, like (laughs) it wasn't doing anything for me. I was still going to Weight Watchers every week. I'd still lose and then I'd go back and it was just back and forth. So, but (laughs) that's one of the things that I remember about that diet mindset was, focusing on foods that I felt like I could eat a lot of, right, and getting the most bang for my buck. But, you know, I didn't go to the diabetic education. I knew by that point, just kind of searching and reading and doing some things that the diabetic education was not going to give me exactly what I was looking for either. Now, I don't know what would have happened if I had not found intermittent fasting, because obviously, I'm just being non-compliant with my medical advice, which, you know, I'm not ever advocating. But like I said, nurses are bad patients. So I was just denying what I was told to do, and then I knew that the diabetic friends and patients that you know I I, I know them personally—they're all still overweight. They're all still taking medications. They were all still dealing with complications related to diabetes.
0: Right. So you never saw them start following the advice and then magically get better. No.
1: So I was like, well, why why do I want to go and pay for this advice because it's it's not going to do anything other than just keep doing what I'm doing, you know, just just keep me at my current level of unhealthiness. You know, I wasn't able to find what did
0: work, but I could clearly see what didn't. Right. That's powerful right there. Yes. I think probably a lot of doctors would say that same thing. Well, we know this doesn't work for most people, but it's the best we've got. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And, and I just didn't feel, I felt like I was throwing money and time away for something that I, I couldn't see a result. And so, you know, I just kind of felt like through my searching, like, okay, I, I'm a reasonably smart person. So you tell me what to do. You give me a set of instructions and you say, eat less, move more. So I can do that. And, and I had done that. I had done that multiple times. I joined this gym or that gym or done this class and, and, and changed up this or that. But it was not sustainable. None of it was sustainable. I could not move any more or eat any less at at multiple points along these plans. And it just became a restrictive mindset. And then this is something I always go back to. Okay, so Oprah, you know, she's she's put her weight loss, her whole life, her history out there in front of all of us for us to see way back to when she drug the wagon on stage with the fat in it and all of that.
0: Oh yeah. I was watching. I
1: was watching that. Yeah. Yeah. So I have in the back of my mind. Okay. So I would think, oh yeah. So there's a, you know, I'd drive by and see some weight loss thing scheduled and, or, or, you know, advertised and I'd say, okay, so hmm, maybe I should do that. And then I'd say, nope, nope. If that really worked, Oprah would be doing that and she'd be skinny because she has (laughs) all the money and the resources in the world at her disposal. But she still fought this her whole life. Right.
0: And I admire her greatly for putting this all out Me there. Me too. Like she has because she admits what a struggle it's been for her. And and so, you know, you got to admire that and, and do it so publicly. It. But you're right. If it were easy, if there was a pill or a supplement that fixed it, nobody who had a lot of money would suffer with being overweight ever again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In, in my mind, she is the, the biggest celebrity with the
1: most resources that I have seen struggle with this publicly. And if there were something out there, she'd have it. Yeah. And so I would just keep kind of going back to that and be like, eh, yeah, that I'm sure that doesn't work either. You know, so about 10 years ago, I started making, you know, just some very specific health changes. I quit totally um, drinking soda, and I didn't drink a lot anyway. I was maybe not even one every day, but I just kind of thought, yeah, I can just lose that. I'm one of those crazy people that just really likes plain water. Yeah,
0: it's once you... Start liking it, it's hard to go back. Yeah. Funny story, I have been delaying wine a bit since I overly indulged over the holidays. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I decided to try some flavored San Pellegrino because they have all these new flavors out. Yeah. So I decided I would drink it with my dinner mm-hmm. in my eating window because I was like, you know, I just maybe I would like a little something a little more, you know, than just plain San Pellegrino or plain water. And I was like, nope, don't like it. It's gross. I'm giving it to my son. Once yeah. you adjust to the plane, you, you can't go back. Right. And, and I, I just have been
1: kind of a lifelong water drinker. And so that wasn't very hard for me to giving up the soda. I just kind of realized through reading and that that probably wasn't a healthy thing for me or my family to kind of overconsume. So right. I decided that we're going to get rid of that. During that time, I also read a book called The China Study right, by Colin and Thomas Campbell. You probably, I'm sure you're familiar with that. Absolutely. I got some great knowledge out of that book. That I, When I kind of look back at the first thing that I read that I kind of think was a little bit advanced thinking for me, thinking, okay, this food thing really does influence way so much more than, than I ever gave it credit for. I got
0: that mindset from that book. Right, and you know, some people will criticize that book and flaws in the methodology. And it was a very big undertaking that that they went through. And so, you know, we could pretty much criticize flaws in methodology for every single research study I've ever read. Like honestly, exactly, exactly. (laughs) But that doesn't mean that some of the things that they're saying that good health appeared to be correlated with high intake of vegetables. You, we can't throw that advice away just because you can find some you know, flaws. We see that in lots and lots and lots of, you know, population studies like the blue zones.
1: Right. And, and I think for me and what I, you know, what I want to say specifically about that is, is in talking about flaws is for me, I gained general knowledge that changes that you make for your health are specific to the person and that you can absolutely influence how you feel by making changes for me personally, I would never go to a totally plant-based diet. I don't see myself doing that now. Okay. No. And I wasn't planning to do that after I read the book. However, I gained the knowledge that it's possible to tweak how you feel and how your body reacts by changing what you eat. Yeah. That's what I got out of that book. That was the beginning of me realizing that there were maybe some changes that I needed to make.
0: That's powerful.
1: And, and it wasn't about extreme. It wasn't about going vegan. It wasn't about going any any kind of extreme diet. It was just gaining the knowledge that I actually have the power to make some changes that
0: I can feel down the line. Yeah, I actually experimented. You know, you know this because I've talked about it to you. But I've actually experimented with um, being a vegetarian or, or not having any meat for a couple weeks. I, I made it two weeks. <laughs> and I was getting hungry. You know, I need a little meat in my life. I realized,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there are days when I don't have meat, but it's not like I set out meat to okay. We're going to not have meat three days this week or whatever. I just decide on a recipe, and it may or may not include meat. Exactly. Sometimes I have a recipe that's not supposed to have meat, and I add meat to it. It's just kind of whatever. I
0: do the same thing. I did that Saturday night, but I love. Meat, but I also love eating vegetarian meals. But like I said, I experimented. This is the longest I'd ever gone without meat, the, the two weeks. I like was starting to crave it. And the, the first day I had it back, I was like, oh, that was so good. And then I felt satisfied in a different way. So yeah. you know, it's all yeah. about listening to my body.
1: Yeah, and it's all about being able to have the knowledge to balance and to make choices and to to just kind of sit back and listen how you feel. And so, you know, from that book, I decided that. For our family, we were over-consuming animal protein. You know, I just kind of looked at our diet and kind of what we were doing and thought, you know, I think we may be over-consuming some of this. So let me just kind of back away. So I did, and I decreased some of that for us. And it was a good thing. I could see minimal benefits from it. I started to be more aware of labels and reading that and being really aware of sort of some of the processing in foods. Started cooking more plant-based foods. And then a, a right about then became more aware of the need for movement. Right. You know, every day and and trying to, you know, try to find things that I like to do to just kind of get movement in. But through all these things, it was some small, minimal improvements, just kind of plugging along. And, and with each thing, I, I'd lose a little bit of weight. I'd feel slightly better. And then, you know, I'd, start to maybe feel a little restricted or maybe there was some extra effort. Maybe there was some meal prepping or feeling like I needed to buy certain foods or just, just a lot of thought. It, it starts sort of to stress you out, right? Of, yes. Yes. And so the pr- improvements started to pale in comparison to the efforts, you know, it would just kind of be a back and forth and I'd kind of lose my momentum. And then, so fast forward to 2018, that's when I had my two graduating from high school, probably had my st- most stressful year as a parent in terms of you know what I was having to put out effort-wise and expense-wise and all of that. And my daughter, uh, my older daughter said, we were just kind of chit-chatting. We were planning a family vacation. I'm like, yeah, well, I, I definitely need to lose some weight before we go. And she said, well, I've heard something about this intermittent fasting. Have you heard of that? And I was like, no. And I said, what is that? And she, she sort of explained it, but it kind of went in my brain as, uh, yeah, that's starving and <laughs> I'm not doing that. And it just kind of went right on out of my brain, that's really which funny. is kind of, I know. And it's surprising because normally when I hear something that I'm not familiar with, I'll make a little note in my phone or I'll jot it down and I'll kind of go back and read it. That's something I've done my whole life. Like if I, there's a topic and I'm totally not familiar with it, I'll go back and say, well, what is that? And then I'll decide, oh yeah, I'll try that or eh, that's crazy. I'm not doing that. But I didn't. It just kind of went in and out of my brain, which is sort of, you know, an an indication of where I was in my life. I didn't even have time to to think on it. So then May, that was April, May, we were planning our vacation. Again, I was exhausted after all that. And right before we went on vacation, a mutual friend of yours and mine shared a video on Facebook that the news uh,
0: station here did. Right. When I was retiring. Yeah, I was retiring. They came and did a a story on me in my classroom. And I loved that so much. And also I love it because I think it's the only video I have of me teaching. So I can go on YouTube and look for it. Yes, it's on there. (laughs) And see my kids, my students. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, for everybody out there, if they want to look it up, it's called NBC 26 Women Today. (laughs) And it is on YouTube. So I was like, oh, what is this? So I clicked on it and I'm like, oh, wait, you know, there's that intermittent fasting thing again. And so I quickly ordered the book right then, filed that video away and, you know, just kind of put it on the shelf. Took the book with me on vacation, read it in two hours and was like, wait, what? Are you kidding me? By like three pages in, like this has been sitting here all this time. How did I miss this? You know, How, how did I miss this on my reading And just never even hearing of this ever. And being in the health healthcare industry, you know, having no experience with intermittent fasting whatsoever, never had heard of it. So we went on vacation, came back, probably, you know, weight was probably up from, I don't even know, you know, from vacation. And that Monday just started by accident. I was on the phone (laughs) with the recruiter that morning negotiating, you know, salary, whatever for my new job back and forth to the place that I was going to be working at or, you know, trying to decide about accepting the job or not. And I looked up and it was one o'clock in the afternoon and I had not eaten anything. I love it. And I was still alive. I was like, wait, I did not even know that I didn't eat. (laughs) I did not even know that I could go until one o'clock and not eat and still be alive. I mean, truly, I I was like, wow, that's great. Because I can tell you in, in my life, the times that I've done that have been very, very few and far in between and only by force because of a medical procedure or whatever. So just to do it and not know that I had missed by now two meals and two snacks. Right. Was, it was, I was kind of blown away and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess today is day one. You're an intermittent faster. <laughs> yes. And, and truly that was it. That was it. So that was May of 2018. Yes. And I have fasted every day since then, every single day. I've not had a day where I ate even 12 hours, honestly. I think the longest- It's hard to, isn't it? It is. It really is. Like, because I can't even I don't- imagine doing that now. No, I don't get up thinking about food ever. No. And so, you know, like I said, within a few pages, I could tell that this was a real thing. I just kind of
0: jumped off right then and there. What part of the science just really made you go, aha, that you didn't really think about before? You know, even though, you know, you've got more medical training than I do, way more, tons more. I've got zero official medical training. (laughs) It was, okay, I know what happens
1: when diabetics don't eat, or I thought I knew what happened when diabetics don't eat. And, and for most of them, yes, it does make your blood sugar drop, okay, for at times. But to be told that it actually needs to drop at a certain point and to stay kind of there to level them out and normalize them overall, that, that was a mindset that I'd never had.
0: You're talking about type 2 diabetics? Yes, type 2 diabetics. That their, their blood sugar needs to get
1: Blood sugar dropping to stabilize at, at right. a lower level. Like that is right. not ever that is not an option that I was ever aware of or something that I felt like I'd ever told patients or patients are being told that. Well, because you, you wanting, think
0: that it can't, right? You well, think, you think it, that it can't. Without medication, without you know, insulin. People think that there's nothing you can do. Well, and then
1: to me, levelizing, making blood sugars at, a, at levelizing it meant to stay stable, to not go up and to not go down. Does that make sense? That's what I, yes. in my brain, was stable. So stable could be 118 or 125 or 142. Oh, I get it. But it's okay. stable, okay? Not okay. having these highs and lows. Yes. Right. You were thinking stable is the goal. Stable is the goal. I was instead of lower
0: being lower
1: being the new being the
0: stable and how to get to a lower stable. Now, have you ever tested blood glucose? Did you ever get to that point for yourself? I had not
1: until I started fasting. Okay. I've done it a couple of times, like I just did it this week just because I was curious. But I started doing it and then, you know, a couple of months in and then I was I was in the one nineteens and one twenty fives, even fasted. Right. For several months. I mean, I didn't check it a lot. And I'm sure it was lower than that at times and, and higher than that at times. But I was, you know, I was pretty surprised that it was where it was. And then, you know, I just chucked that away as a tool. And I'd come back to it the next month and look and then lo and behold, it'd be 113.
0: So slowly and steadily going down.
1: Yes. And the other day, I, I checked it just because I was like, hmm, I had a lot of I had a lot of carbs, you know, this weekend, I wonder what it is. And I checked it. And it was 89. Wow. So, that's you know, fabulous. I just kind of put that as way as a tool, but it was just the knowledge that there's something you can do out there that is going to affect you metabolically long term. That's the key. That's the key. And we weren't, you know, I wasn't exposed to that anywhere in my work as a healthcare professional, nor in what I was giving education wise, you know, to be in a pre-diabetic or diabetic that that was never introduced to me is this is what you
0: can do. This is what you need to do. You need to use up your glycogen daily. Right. And so for the people who don't understand what's happening with that, you know, what's what's your glycogen? Because we don't really talk about that a lot on this podcast. We talk about it more on the intermittent fasting podcast. But, you know, when you eat, your body does different things with the foods that you eat. And some of the food that you eat is stashed away into glycogen storage in your liver. Yes. And if you're a type 2 diabetic, you have, you know, high blood sugars, like, you know, you, Michelle, were talking about your blood glucose being in the, you know, 118, 120 range, always chronically high. And so when you first start doing intermittent fasting, your, your liver is going to be clearing away that excess glycogen. And so you may actually see higher blood glucose levels yep. for a while even during the fast. During the fast, you're like, yep. well, how can my blood glucose go up during the fast if I'm not taking in anything? Well, that's because it's coming from within your body. It's already stored away. Yep. So fasting lets you access all that stored blood or that stored glycogen that needs to come out. And so then eventually, like you've found, you've gotten down to, you had 89 during the fast, your body's cleared it all away. And once your liver glycogen is depleted, that's when your body is ready to start looking for an alternate fuel source. And guess what your alternate fuel source is? yep Stored fat.
2: Yep, that's (laughs) it.
1: And so I can say that all my knowledge on on liver function, I've taken, you know, I used to be a critical care nurse. I did that for 22 years. So I've taken care of critical, metabolically sick patients, okay? So I'm fully aware of what the body does metabolically, but never aware of that in terms of it stores glycogen for future use and how that makes someone become a diabetic, how the glycogen hides in all of your a lot of your organs in your body. right? I, right. I have no knowledge of any of that. I know mechanically what the major organ systems do, but did not have knowledge of that and how that affects things out in the real healthy
0: world, so to speak. Once you understood that, it was like, oh. Yeah, like where has this been? So now I know why the fasting is helping us.
1: Yeah, yes. You know, so I just felt like without that knowledge, it was, it was just a roller coaster of, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down until you are, you know, full-blown diabetic and then all of the all of the complications that come with that, which do affect, you know, all of our major organs. So- Blown away with that. Um, and still, I'm still learning. A year and a half in, I'm still learning. I still get nuggets of information. Just, you know, not too long ago, you were talking about the order that the body goes to for fuel and how alcohol yeah. is the number one
0: thing that has to be burned. I, right. I, I never knew that. Yeah. Like if you're taking in, if you have a meal and, you know, all of my meals are mixed meals. I don't restrict any one macronutrient. I eat carbs. I eat protein. I eat fat. Yes, And- as I mentioned, I'm delaying alcohol for a while, <laughs> but yeah. I'm having it on Friday and Saturday with my meals. I love to have a glass of wine with, with my dinner. But if you have alcohol with food or even alcohol by itself or whatever, but the, the body is going to go to that alcohol energy first and process that.
1: Yes. And for me, while I'm still trying to lose weight, what I got out of that was, okay, so... I'm having alcohol, which I really like. Have a glass of wine like you at night. Most nights, I, I used to like to do that. But the other side is this effort that I'm putting into this fasting. So when I do that, I'm not actually getting to my daily goal until much
0: later in the day. Yeah, you gotta burn through that alcohol first. And then then you'll start getting into the food. And then your body will, it's it's not people always say that alcohol. Turns to sugar in the body, which is not true. It does not. Alcohol does not turn into sugar in the body. <laughs> it's alcohol. I mean, my husband's a chemist. So, you know, it doesn't just magically yes. turn into something that it isn't, but it is a fuel source that has to be burned off. And so you're more likely to store the glucose from the foods you ate. So it's not the alcohol getting stored as glucose, it's the actual glucose from the foods you ate that contained glucose, you know, the the carbohydrates that are going to get stored. Because you never got to burn that. Right, right.
1: Yeah. And so I started, you know, I had a little shift in mindset that I didn't want to negate my fasting that much on a regular basis. I, I wanted to delay that some and have the greatest benefit of fasting more regularly and so I, I've, you know, delayed alcohol now, too. I, I don't even have it every weekend, but I don't have it every night like I used to enjoy. And I don't I don't miss
0: it. I don't miss doing that. Well, I do love it. I love having it with dinner. Like last night, my husband I had a bottle of wine left over from the weekend that had the cork in it in the in the wine fridge. And my husband, Chad, pulled it out and he was pouring himself a glass. I'm like, all right, if you're going to have a glass, I get to have a glass. And he said, no, you said no wine. If you tried to have wine to tell you no. I'm like, but you're having a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, fine, fine, fine. I'll delay till Friday. So he he had beer instead. <laughs> yeah, my husband does that. You know, that's that's
1: not sort of a hot button thing with him. But I have to say this. I don't feel like I'm restricting it. Right. By delaying it, I I don't feel restrictive. And that's what I mean when I say
0: I don't miss it. Because if I missed it, then it would feel restrictive for me. That was exactly the same thing. I don't feel restricted. Like I've made a decision. I'm going to Mm -hmm. have wine with dinner on Friday and on Saturday. And that is all for now. You know, because for me, one glass might turn into two. And then I'm like, you know, thinking about a third. And I'm like, well, that's crazy. It's Tuesday. I don't need three glasses of wine. That's ridiculous. So yeah. Yeah. You know, but I don't feel restricted not having it, except obviously it did when he was having a glass, it made me feel a little restricted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, mm, God, like, it would be so good um, right now. Yeah. I have no trouble delaying, except you're having some. So anyway, I'm, I'm one of those today. <laughs> fear of missing out people that like yeah. if everybody else is doing something, I just want to do that too.
1: Well, and you know, my husband has not struggled with his weight as much as me, but he struggled as well. And he, he also does intermittent fasting now too. I love it. When did he start? How long, how long in your journey before he started? Well, it was about a month because I didn't tell him what I was doing. I didn't tell anyone what I was doing. Not even my closest friends, no one. It was, I held it very close to my chest. And it wasn't because I felt that it was not gonna be a thing because I totally felt that it was a thing a few pages in, but I really wanted to read up on it. I wanted the knowledge of this craziness that I had never heard of. And that I, I knew that without a shadow of a doubt that it was the thing, but I wanted to be able to talk about it intelligently. I didn't want that to makes just sense. say, okay, yeah, here's this thing. Like you don't eat and then you lose weight and blah, blah, blah. I, I, I didn't want that. <laughs> you wanted
0: to be firm in it before you had a conversation. Yes. A lot of people are afraid to talk about it with other people because they don't really know what to say. So yeah. you wanted to really know, you wanted to have your story down before you were ready to share. And that makes sense.
1: Yeah, because my husband, he's not going to read a book. He doesn't like to read for pleasure. That's kind of an oxymoron to him. He's like, Well, I don't, you know, that's not pleasurable to me. Why would I do that? And so, but he was also always willing to do whatever I did. If I was on Weight Watchers, he was on Weight Watchers. If I was on the hot dog and grapefruit diet, he was on the hot dog (laughs) and grapefruit diet. Like whatever it was. But what that meant for me was that I sort of did his too. Like, okay, how many grapefruits and how many hot dogs can I have today? Or how many points do I have? And so it was... Basically, I was kind of dieting for two people because he would do it. I just kind of had to, you know, figure him and he's, you know, would do whatever I was doing. So that was great. And that, you know, he was always supporting, but it was a lot of work on me. So when fasting came along and he jumped on board, and I'm like, great, I will do this for you. Here's the deal don't eat.
0: You know, Brad Pollan, one of the, the first books I read on intermittent fasting along with Dr. Burt Hearing's Fast Five, there was Brad Pollan's Eat, Stop, Eat. And you know that you just can't can't beat the simplicity of that title. Eat, stop, eat. Yeah, you can't. And that was like, <laughs> oh
1: my gosh, I'm totally pulling him along on this with me because I already had, had so much less effort than anything I'd ever done. And so now I was going to be having my husband along with me with, you know, no effort really on his part other than just saying, okay, don't eat until let's, you know, you try this time of day and then you eat that time and you eat what you want during that time. And, you know, and he was like, oh, okay. So that's what he did. You know, a few weeks in, I saw him one Saturday, we were kind of messing around doing house stuff and he went by the refrigerator and grabbed a grape. And it was like, I don't know, 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning, not at a time when, you know, was his eating window. And I'm like, oh, wait, did you just have a grape? And he was like, yeah. And I said, are, are you not fasting now? And he's like, Yeah. I mean, I won't really open my window. And I said, Oh, well, no, you just opened your window. <laughs> and he was like, Well, okay, it's no. Just grape- I just, it was just a great. And I'm like, oh. okay, hold up. So I had to say, okay, here is the deal. This is the clean fast you know, method, and this is what you need to be doing. He was like, Oh, okay. All right, got it now. And I love so that. he's lost over 40 pounds. Wow gone way down in clothes, like wearing pants that he wore in high school, not pants, not the actual pants, thank goodness, but the size (laughs) size.
0: pants that he wore in high school. That's, that's fabulous. I actually heard somebody say one time, if you're trying to figure out what your goal weight should be, think back to your senior year of high school, Mm -hmm. that that Mm -hmm. might be where your body naturally Will end up, and that actually seems to be true for me. The weight that I have stayed around, I'm pretty sure, is about the size I was in high school. Now, Mm -hmm. in our modern day era of, you know, the year 2020 here, when so many children are overweight in high school, I mean, it's it's harder when you when you're overweight longer, if that makes sense. The people who have been overweight since childhood, it's it's more of a struggle, but. You know, that's just something that I've I've filed that away mentally. And so I'm really curious. I would like to do a study about that with intermittent fasters. How many of you get to the weight you were in high school and that's just naturally where you end up?
1: Well, and I think I shared with you a a few weeks ago that, you know, when I kind of look at my wrists and my neck and some of the areas of my body that, you know, kind of got smaller early on, I can see like there's this body in there that I was supposed to be over all those years and yeah. it's it's emerging and that that's blows my mind too that i never knew that that was really who i was underneath of all that cuz it wasn't ever allowed to be wrist bones and clavicles yes. and ribs
0: and yes. yeah all of that all of it. Yeah, so, so
1: anyway, my husband plugs along. He's gotten so many people at work turned on. It's funny. He still has not read delay. Don't deny. That's but okay. <laughs> he's bought it multiple times on Amazon and has it delivered to people's houses. And that is really people. funny. He wants to read it. It's here, so funny. I haven't funny. read yeah, this book, but here you read it. And but it's
2: my my a really just... good
0: book. My wife said it was. And so <laughs> you need to read it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's fabulous. Talk about your weight loss journey along the way. And what you've done and what you've tweaked, because I think this is an important part of the story, because, you know, not everybody starts off and then just does it. And then the weight falls off and then hallelujah forever and ever. Amen. You're at your goal weight. And there you are. You know, you have to tweak.
1: That was not the case for me. I can say that I started it fairly easily because I didn't drink soda. I wasn't even drinking coffee at the time, which I'm since drinking coffee. I did actually grasp the fasting part of it early on. And I credit that to the clean fast right away. I I never did anything other than that. And so I grasped it easily. However, I lost 20 pounds fairly quickly and my size went down several sizes fairly quickly. But then I, you know, kind of sat there. I'd also, you know, grasped the fact that this was a a lifestyle change and not a diet. So I, I can't say I panicked
0: or started getting discouraged, but I did need to start looking at some different tweaks. So, real quick, what size did you start off wearing, if you don't mind saying a twenty-two? And and you are what now? As I know, but it's I'm in a size twelve jeans Yay! now. From a twenty-two yes. to a twelve in a year and a half, and pretty soon going to need some tens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you
1: know, I started kind of tweaking. I think back probably August, uh, no September, October of 2018, I started kind of toying with not eating what just one day,
0: like an up day down day alternate daily
1: fasting approach. Yeah. Yeah. But then I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. If I don't, you know, if I don't feel good, I'm just going to eat. If I had a headache, if I have any kind of thing that I feel like this is not good for me, I'm just going to eat. There's always food. There's always, you know, if, if that's it, it'll make me feel better. I'll be able to, to know if that was it or not. And so there's my husband. We're driving to a soccer game out of town somewhere. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll do that too. So (laughs) we go and and we listen to some podcasts and, you know, we we just don't eat that day. Which, by the way, is a great easy way, cheap, easy way to travel. There you go. (laughs) You're not pulling into the fast food restaurants every step of the way. So I did it and it was great. At the end of it, so that was on a Friday. I, I ate on Thursday, didn't eat on Friday. We were traveling. At the end of it on Saturday around 1 o'clock or 12 o'clock, somewhere around in there, I got a little bit of a headache, just a slight headache. And I was like, oh, okay, yep, there it is. It's time to eat. And so I did. And so I did that. And we did that maybe once or twice a month through that fall into that first of the year in 2019. And that worked good. I was able to kind of move past a certain set point with my weight, start to feel some of those new changes, again, that I had felt when I first started. Because you get used to the new changes, and they don't feel new anymore. That's true. It just feels like how you are, right? Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I need to, you know, and again, I checked my blood sugar, and although it had been improved, it really wasn't where I needed to be long term. So, you know, I tweaked again, and then I started kind of scrutinizing. The next thing I did, I started kind of scrutinizing what I was eating. And started
0: really paying attention to processed carbs. Not yeah. carbs, but processed. Yeah. It always strikes me as so funny when people say carbs don't work for me. And I'm like, tell me what you mean. And they're like, well, you know, pizza, cheeseburgers. And I'm like, you realize yeah. <laughs> that's that yeah. there's a whole lot more to that food than carbs. It's also got a lot of fat and it's also highly processed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So
1: I just started being aware. I didn't. I wouldn't say that I restricted that. I started kind of just being aware of my choices and trying to make a few different choices. And then there were some things that I decided to, to delay a day or two here or there. So sort of a carb cycling mentality right. where some days I would have them and not really worry about it. And then the next day I'd be like, Yeah, I'm not having any crackers today. So just kind of being aware of it. That, you know, went on and on and I, you know, went through the holidays this year with that and and fasting, totally fasting at least one or two days a week. The other thing that I noticed during that time is I started playing pickleball back last summer. And I noticed that on days when I played, I felt much better playing while I was fasting.
0: Pickleball is all the rage around here.
1: Oh my gosh, it is. It's crazy. It's been around here for about four years. And, you know, Philip and I were looking for some things to do, you know, just kind of the kids are out and grown and all of that. And we got turned on to it. And now, you know, we're both trying to play as much as we can. Again, I I felt like on those days, I didn't like eating. I wanted to go and play. I felt mentally clear. I felt that I could move faster. My agility was better. There was just so many things about it that I felt better doing it on days that I didn't eat.
0: Do y'all play pickleball in the afternoon, the evening?
1: Yes. There are some places to play around town in the daytime, but, you know, that job. Yeah, that's and true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so, you know, there's pretty much somewhere to play most any time of the day around here. And so, you know, I was playing two or three times a week. So now that just kind of goes in hand with me wanting to continue to lose some weight. I probably want to lose about another 30 pounds. And so now if I try to play two or three times a week, I plan that around not eating on those days. And that feels really good to me.
0: So you just fast, play pickleball, and then how do you sleep on those nights? That was one thing that when I, like, I have not done any fast over, you know, another night, like a two night, you know, like, I've eaten every day, basically, since 2016, I haven't done a longer fast. But sleeping was an issue for me when I, when I did a longer fast. Does that bother you at all? Well, I think that
1: sleeping is just like so many other aspects of changing up a lifestyle. You know, as drastic as this was for me, it is a transition. When I made the jump to that, I didn't eat one day, like that night, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can do this because I didn't sleep. But then the next time I did it, I was like, okay, well, I did sleep a little bit more this time. And then the next time I, you know, so it was like, it's all a transition. Each tweak that I made, there were transitions that, you know, were maybe negative to start with, but it's like things that you have to work at. You have to give it a little thought. You
0: know what I just thought of? When I was trying the ADF, when I was doing 4-3, I was really, really in my goal range already. Yeah. It was 2016. So I wonder if that had something to do with it because I didn't need to lose weight at that time. You know what I'm saying? Like the obesity code had just come out he really had, that was the plan he had in the back of the book was a four, three or, you know, alternate daily fasting kind of plan. So I was like, all right, it's in the obesity code. I'm going to do it. So I wonder if that was why I had so much trouble sleeping.
1: Yeah. And, and I just, you know, each time, so now for the past several weeks or two weeks, I have done a true ADF where I don't eat on Monday, don't eat on Wednesday, don't eat on Friday. And I haven't had any problem sleeping. Okay. So I think I, I transitioned through it when I did it just one time, a couple times a month. Then I transitioned when I was doing it twice. And then now for three times, I have
0: transitioned through that to where I don't feel any negative effects at all. Well, that's great to hear. Yeah. I just, I, I'm, like I said, I'm curious. It just suddenly popped into my head. Maybe it was because I really, you know, don't have, have a lot of fat that my, my body's like, oh, come on now. You need to eat more. <laughs> And so I just felt like it was too hard for me to do that much fasting at that point. But it might really be because I was already at a weight that was good for my
1: body. I would believe that. And I think that, you know, with so many aspects of this, whether it be, you know, your stomach kind of acting up a little bit when you start any of those kinds of things. For me, in the long run, those transitional times where you can kind of listen and you can tweak and you can say, okay, well, I did this and it wasn't as bad. So let me continue to do that and see what happens. That's what this lifestyle and this knowledge gave me permission to do. I love that. It gave me permission to tweak and to, okay. So if you don't sleep one night, okay, we're fine with that. I can go to, I mean, we've all had kids. We've stayed up all night and gone to work the next day. It's happened.
0: And don't assume that you're never going to sleep again.
1: Exactly. And don't assume that that's, you know, that's, oh yeah, this is bad because this is what happened. It's a transition. You have to give the effort, the time the time to allow those efforts you're putting in to work themselves out. And they may not be the best thing for you. You might realize, yeah, I tried that. I gave it two months and it just wasn't a good thing. So I'm going to go
0: back to doing this or I'm going to try this now. You got to give that tweak time to to settle in and let your body see if it, yeah. You've
1: got to. Yeah, so I, I now fast three days a week
0: and then I have the refeed days. So you're doing four, three, we would call it four, three. Yes.
1: And I have, well, I'm kind of even doing a little bit So I have a refeed on uh you're doing three, three and one time restricted eating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because on Sunday. Go ahead, explain it. On Sunday, so I I don't eat Monday. Tuesday I have a refeed. So I have a you know, around a seven hour window is what I've settled into on Tuesday and Thursday. And then Wednesday, Friday I fast. Then Saturday is another refeed because I didn't eat on Friday. But on Sunday, I have an omad in the middle of the day. Okay. And then I'm done until
0: Tuesday. So you're doing four, well, you're doing three, three, so three down days, three up days, and then one day with just a a one meal a day.
1: But now that one meal is is a pretty good meal. It's, you know, Sunday lunch. A lot of times that's with family. I tend to open up around 10 or 11 and I'm done around two or three. So it's an OMAD, but it's a good OMAD. Right. But it's in the middle of the day.
0: that you're really shaking things up from day to day because you know even with intermittent fasting, if you're too consistent day to day, your body really can adapt and stay there. Our body likes homeostasis. Our body's like, all right, this is what we're doing. I'm going to stay in this comfortable weight range and your body's going to downregulate to match. So, yeah. Well, and
1: I find that that, that day on Sunday gives me, you know, some opportunities for some things that are, that are equally important in my life, which is having food with my family. Or, you know, maybe having some foods that's a special occasion that I, you know, don't have every day or, you know, those kinds of things. So I find it very cathartic to kind of have those big days and then feel right back, you know, into the fasting mode by Monday evening. I'm right back. So I love the back and forth to that.
0: What's the pace of weight loss for you right now? I know it's slowed down. Do you, do you track it? Do you weigh? Do you?
1: I don't really track it. I, I really don't even weigh. I weighed, okay. I weighed one time in December, and it was up from a low point that I had had a while back, and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I knew that. Why I even get on this scale? <laughs> and so I really don't weigh. I really, rarely weigh now. But you know the odd thing is my size has continued to decrease, and I'm, I'm still seeing huge changes in that regard. So that's, that's just what I'm going to do. Pants don't lie. No, they don't lie. So I can well, like say leggings do. Leggings yeah. will lie. <laughs> I can say that if I tracked it better, I, I'm, I'm not a pound a week even. I'm probably a, a half to less than that overall the past couple of months even. That's just what it is for me. But you feel your body changing over time and mm-hmm. you love the rhythm of it. I love the rhythm of it. I love the back and forth switch. I read an article last year about the, you know, the, the switch, the metabolic switch that happens. And I just kind of really grasp that knowledge and, and how that, and how that feels the knowledge and then applying it to myself. I was able to
0: feel that. Yeah. That's an article that Mark Mattson was one of the authors on. He's he's my, my favorite researcher for fasting. I love him so much and (laughs) I would like to interview him one day, but he um has been living an intermittent fasting lifestyle for like 20 years. And his wife too, right? I have, well, you're thinking about Bert Herring. I know Bert Herring and his wife both do it. I'm not sure about Mark Mattson and his wife, or even if he's married. I don't know. Okay. Herring and his wife have. But in this article, it talks about physiologically what's happening. And so you really can feel that switch once you learn how to identify it. Yes. You know, I don't recommend people try to track their ketones or measure them. There's, I could go into a lot of why I don't, but... You can feel when your body makes that switch. You can. And
1: I think I told you this, like, I can feel that early on. I don't feel it as much now because I think I live in that more, way more now than I used to. But before I was sort of living in that ketotic a little bit more, I could feel it in the morning at about 4 or 5 a.m. in bed and I'd go to turn over and my ankles, when I would cross or uncross my ankles, I was like, oh, Yeah. There it is. I felt this weird (laughs) kind of thinness in my ankles, which makes me sound totally crazy. No, it doesn't. Because
0: we all feel things the way we feel them, right? Yeah. So Oh, there's the thin ankles. Yeah, there (laughs) it is. Okay. Yes, we're
1: doing great now. (laughs) But I I just love the flexibility of it. And, And all of this kind of sounds complicated to people who are maybe just starting or not familiar with some of these aspects. But honestly, this takes so much less effort, so much less of my time. Around the same time that I found ADF, I mean, I found intermittent fasting was I found the click list at my grocery store where I didn't have to go in I shop. I knew that was there. I just never, you know, implemented it in my life. So between the intermittent fasting and that without, you know, impulse buying, our grocery bill just like plummeted. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah. I can't even go to the grocery store because I go crazy. I'm like, oh, I need this. $20 $20 a piece of cheese yeah. because it looks so delicious. I mean, I'm like, I'm, I am like a toddler loose at the yeah. toy store at the grocery store with, with food that I buy and it's ridiculous. So I use um, Instacart. Yes. Yeah, so same concept. Because they bring it to my house. Do you have to go to the store with, with yours and they to bring it to your car? Well,
1: so my we have a daughter that still lives at home. And so for the most part, okay. I just do it and she picks it up on the way home from work. Okay. Yeah. So then she puts it away. Double bonus. That's fabulous. So anyway, that really you know was a thing. And so I, I plan my meals out, kind of what we're going to cook. I look at the week and figure out when we're going to be home to eat. And I, I guess I sort of have a meal service, but it's my own meal service. I plan what I'm going to have. And I have the ingredients for those specific things that I'm going to cook. There you go. And then, you know, we may eat out or we may be out of town or whatever on those other days. So buying much less food. And that was a learning
0: curve to not have all that stuff laying around that would go to waste. It really is. Even I still have too much around sometimes because my husband eats two meals a day. And so things will back up. We'll have too yes. much in the fridge. Yep. <laughs> we'll yeah. have to figure out what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's not always easy. So how about any other health changes that you've had? I know you talked about your blood glucose going down. How about like your A1C? Oh yeah. It went down
1: to within normal. I think it's it's like, I don't know, five, barely five now. And what did your doctor say about that? He, he was pretty impressed. It was funny because in the same week I go and Phillips was up and mine was up. He had been referred for diabetic teaching at the same time as me. So then we both get on this. And I go to the doctor one week, and then two weeks later, he goes to the doctor. And then the, you know my doctor's like, okay, what are you doing? And I told him, and he was like, oh, okay, I've heard of that. He didn't encourage it or discourage it. It was just kind of, oh, okay. I'm sure you know, he hears all kinds of promising plans that people were going oh, yeah. to do to get healthy. Then two weeks later, he comes, my husband comes in, and he's like, well, how are you doing? He's like, well, you know, Michelle. And he was like, wait, are you doing that intermittent fasting? And he was like, yeah. And he said, oh, okay. Well, about two weeks later, another friend goes in, and she had been doing it. And he was like, wait what is she doing? (laughs) She's telling all these people. And then he was, you know, my friend was like, yes, I mean, and it's working. He was like, well, I'd say it was, you know, right. Yeah. So our, you know, our markers, all of our health markers are within normal limits now. You know, you, you can't deny what, what has done that it's, it's a total shift in lifestyle that has gained us all of these markers of improvement you know, that's what kind of discourages me a little bit in, in the healthcare is that sometimes you do get someone who doesn't understand it. And so they may not discourage it, but they don't discourage it either. But, but people have to be able to grasp the knowledge, take, it, take responsibility for the knowledge, and then know that, you know, do you feel good doing this? Are your health markers showing improvement? Right. You know, and, and how can people like me as a healthcare person argue with your success because you're obviously doing something right. You're you're getting healthier on all these measurable levels.
0: And at the same time, you know, your weight loss has slowed. It's slow. Yep. And you could be complaining, well, intermittent fasting obviously doesn't work because I still want to lose, you know, what did you say, 40 pounds or 30 pounds? 30. I used to think 40, but I, I don't know. You think it's 30 because you're looking great. Right. Well, I I feel really
1: good. And, you know, you start to get some feedback about where would you lose 30 pounds, you know? And so that can kind of be a mind game, but I I don't, you know, I don't take any of that stuff to kind of heart. It's really about where I feel that I, I will feel my best at. And I used to think that was 40 more pounds. I'm starting to think that might be about 30 more pounds. You know, Sherry Bullock, one of our moderators, she's so good at, you know, tweaking and listening and making changes and, And so, you know, watching what she's done with her lifestyle with um, intermittent fasting has made me really start kind of slowing down my scrutiny and just getting right, just getting comfortable with where I'm going, because I'm going in the right direction. All signs point to that.
0: Right. And I just need to keep going. I thought you were going to say like, like the magic eight ball, all signs point to yes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) What the magic eight ball says, yeah. So we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or is there anything you wish you knew when you were starting? And by the way, I know Michelle is constantly bringing new people into intermittent fasting. So I know that you probably tell this advice to lots of people.
1: Well, I do. And I I was just talking to a friend this morning that I, I brought on. And, you know, she's a little frustrated, a little discouraged, not giving up. She understands it, but she's still struggling with a mindset that, what she's been told is good for her may not be good for her specifically. And so what I want to tell people is that, you know, get the knowledge, read up on it, take responsibility for the knowledge, read, delay, don't deny, and then read it again and then read it again. You know, I've read it four times and I still learn something new and I read a lot of other things on the topic. And so it's not unlike any other material that you want to grasp. You, you have to dedicate some time to learning it and then uh, expect the unexpected. This way of life is totally against what you currently believe or what you've been told or maybe what you're telling people yourself. You believe it and you tell other people that this is really what you're supposed to be doing. This is not like that. If weight loss is what you're after, you can expect maybe to not lose any initially. Don't give up. Don't don't grasp on to that as the reason to do this. Amen. That that's a mistake that a lot of people do. And if you do lose some weight, just realize that it's probably not going to keep going as quickly as it maybe would with other things that you've done in the past. Expect to feel better. Expect to be smaller, but way more than you weighed when you were, you know, dieting in that a size way before. It's true. That size before. Yes. yes. Yep. And that's kind of like how is? I mean, is this like magic? Is something happened to my mirror? Is it like the thing of the <laughs> fair? I mean, what's going on here? <laughs> So just expect the unexpected, pay attention to your body and not that alarm that's been set in your head. And it won't, the switch is rusted. It won't change that saying, okay, eat now. Hello, eat now. You just gotta, you know, get a hammer out and and just kill that alarm and say, no, I'm not listening to you. You're not real. I'm going to let the real signs and symptoms of my body and let my real hunger and satiety hormones self-correct to do what's best for me.
0: Because they will. Because
1: they will, but you got to invest in that. And just because, you know, for a specific a certain fruits, are, you know, all fruits are healthy is something that, you know, I used to think, oh, yeah, well, for me specifically, I've realized that there are certain fruits that I, I don't really probably need to eat regularly where others I want to eat all the, you know, more regularly. So don't be afraid to make changes based on what you feel are good good things instead of what you've been told. Well, I love that. And then just sit back and have some patience and settle in. Because you
0: are in charge. It is your journey and you are tweaking fast, clean, tweak away and... Trust the process, but the process is the tweaking. But that is the proce- the process. trusting the process doesn't mean that you mindlessly copy my intermittent fasting schedule and do what Jen exactly. did. Exactly, the process is tweaking to find out what works for you. So trust the process is not us just saying, "Oh, it'll work." Just let no. The process is the tweaking. The process is the tweaking. You know that that's what
1: I would say is that. You know, the people that you go to or you have looked to in the past as experts in whatever that is, whatever it is, exercise, it is diet, it is just whatever you've looked to as the person that is the end all be all in that knowledge. Yeah, they are experts in those particular areas. They've meaning they've read up on it, they know some stuff about it, but what they don't know is what is good for you. They are the expert, but not on you.
0: You are the expert on yourself. You are the expert on yourself. Love it. Well, on that note, thank you so much, Michelle, for being here today. We could have talked for another hour. I know we could have. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at Jen at intermittent dot com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G.I.N. at intermittent dot com. The world wants to hear your story.